Ah, now, here's a superb Picasso. If I'm not mistaken, he painted this, this marvelous portrait of his French mistress, Madeleine Brissot, in the 20s. Uh, but Paul, I'm gonna have to differ with you on this one. Really? Gil, Gil, yeah. just pay attention. You might learn something. Okay, well, if I'm not mistaken, this was a failed attempt to capture a young French girl named Adriana from Bordeaux, if my art history serves me, who came to Paris to study costume design for the theater. And I'm pretty sure she had an affair with Modigliani, then Brock, which is how Pablo met her, Picasso. Of course, what you don't get from this portrait is the subtlety in her beauty. She was just a knockout. What have you been smoking? Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Cold hands, the sad eyes, the dark Irish silence. So late, but I'll wait through the long night with you, with you. Greetings all. Welcome to another episode of Billy Joel A to Z, as today our journey takes us to another song off of Billy's seventh studio album, 1980s Glass Houses. You know, it's been 35 episodes since we discussed anything from Glass Houses, but here we are today talking about Through the Long Night, which I didn't even know was on Glass Houses until about an hour ago. hey through the Long Night closes out Glass Houses as it is the 10th and final song on the album and probably why it doesn't sound familiar as I guess I turned off the album after Cette Toi. Anyway, Through the Long Night was never released as a single but was probably played so many times as it was the B-side to Billy's first number one hit, It's Still Rock and Roll to Me, released on May 12th, 1980. It appears nowhere else. And if it uh, wasn't for this podcast, my guess is it would be never discussed again as if it were erased <laughs> from existence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still, though, an impressive little ballad from a dude that ended up winning best male rock performance for this album. When you hear this song, you're like, what? But obviously there are other songs off the album that make a lot of sense. So I bring us to the portion where Alan Altman Yes, is the ranking out of our two New York boys who write for publications uh, out of 20, uh, 121 or 124 songs. We go with Christopher Bonanos first. Alan Altman, where do you think Christopher Bonanos puts through the long night? Not a Billy Joel classic. Well, first things first, I just want to say, I think the reason this one best rock vocal this whole album is because the voters all got to close to the borderline and they were like, I think we've heard enough. <laughs> Which is why I said I cut out after Sete Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard enough. I think I was one of those voters. Okay, so anyway, where uh, where do I think Bananos puts this? I think this is a good song. I think this is a, a real hidden gem kind of song, but it can't be too high. Uh, I'm just going to go with something sort of in the middle, but high middle. I'm going to say fifty. No, you're kind of way off. Sixty nine. That's that's pretty good. I think I'm going to count that yeah. as a in the ballpark. Well, Glenn Gamboa has it at 99. That guy's a nut. Yeah. And the fans rank it even worse at 107. 
that's just a case of them not being aware of the song like you. I think it's just so under the radar. I suppose that's true. And like you say, I suppose it could be a hidden gem. Uh, certainly once I heard it, I, it didn't ring a bell or anything. I haven't heard it in 30 or 40 years, if you know, probably since 1980, at least two. And once I heard it, I enjoyed it very much. I mean, boy, does it sound like a Beatles song or what? It's yes, a, it's, so it's, a, Beatles. It, it's as if he finished this song and said, you know, the next album, we should just go all Beatles. Yeah, that had to be it, right? He did this song and felt it because it could totally be. It should be on the nylon curtain. Yeah, agreed. It freaks me out in the sense that I keep thinking it is a Beatles song. Now, I've heard people, but you probably already know, compare it to some song I had never heard of, a Beatles song called Yes, It Is. But that's not it. It sounds like something else. And I still haven't been able to discover which Beatles song it completely sounds like, including the opening instrument. Yeah. By the way, I love that instrument. And I kept thinking, I was like searching online, like, what, what is that? I know we're going to get it wrong. I know the listeners are going to be mad, mad at us. And my first thought was, it sounds like a French horn to me. But I think what it actually is, is the clarinet. I think that's no, Richie Canada no, no, no. on clarinet. It's a soprano sax. There's no, no way. <laughs> it's always a soprano. We're always get that wrong. That's, people are getting so angry at us. They're like, wow, that soprano sax is a very versatile instrument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, French horn, I guess, makes sense. I was uh, trying to figure it out myself, too. No, but I don't think that's what it is. I think it's the clarinet. I think this is clarinet noise. Oh, here. you do? Yeah. Okay. So uh, as far as Beatles songs, you're right. Uh, yes, it is. I definitely hear that in this song. I didn't. With you by my side. If I could forget her, but my bride. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Please don't worry tonight. This is what I say. What I, I think it's like a mixture of so many Beatles songs that it's hard to pin down. But one part of it that really reminds me of a Beatles song is the very end, the last few notes sound just like the last few notes of Here, There, and Everywhere from Revolver. With you. So much so that whenever I hear Through the Long Night and those last notes play, in my mind, I instantly start singing the next song from Revolver which is Yellow Submarine. Oh, that's interesting. So this song ends like, dun, 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 in the town where I was born. Wow. <laughs> I just go right into that. That's cool for me. Um, it's, you know, my mind is such a mess, such a mess. I hear the soundtrack to the untouchables. You know, Did we Elliot do that Nelson. already? No, no. We, I don't think we've ever done this. We before. haven't. Okay. No. And there's a song. Because of the parts that go, do do do, do do do. I'll play it for you now. Okay, <laughs> you'll know this is a song that goes through my head on a daily basis. <laughs> this fucking soundtrack from the Untouchables. I want to kill myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> you hear it, right? Yeah, I hear it. It's just so funny because it's so different but similar. Did it in 
when he has those little things in it that sound exactly like it and so that's where my mind goes because i'm insane yeah it's funny because this song has this very like haunting kind of ethereal feel and then that song is sinister and it's like they're similar uh but yeah like the the mood is totally different yeah and that totally movie is much much older right i mean much, much newer it came out in the 90s no it came out in the 80s late 80s 86 Oh, I think of that as like a 91 kind of movie. I know. I was thinking about that, too. No, I believe it's 86. So it's only six years after this. But yeah, isn't it interesting? Isn't music interesting when that is a complete sinister riff? And yet in Billy Joel's song, it is a let's give out hope and I'm going to get you through this. It's the exact opposite. And yet the same riff. Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? we're back to the chicken chicken. song everybody (laughs) but i did enjoy it now listen you know did you hear the demo i heard the demo a goddamn demo folks there is a demo of this song and it is not on the my lives album i mean jesus christ what do we got to do to get these people to realize what people what people are looking for. I mean, granted, it's almost complete, but it's still a demo. Why not put it on the goddamn album? Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't even call it almost complete. Like musically, I'd say, yeah, it's almost complete. Lyrically, he had zero of the lyrics. He yeah, was... right, right, right. Okay, right. It didn't I mean he had uh, most of the lyrics up until about halfway point, I think. But musically, no, no, yeah. he didn't. He was putting in random words and then kind of doing da da da. You know, oh, you know, I of... probably didn't recognize because I don't really know the lyrics. Yeah, this. I mean, they, they sort of seem to fit, and I you could see what he was trying to get at, but there's so many words missing, and none of them actually end up in the final song. And the instrumentation is very different. One, two, three. I don't understand these lyrics. They're not my favorite lyrics, but I they keep calling this an Irish ballad. But I'm not sure why, just because it has the song, the words, the dark. It says that it opens with the cold hands, the sad eyes, the dark Irish silence. Why does that make it an Irish ballad? Well, I think it's the style of the song. It has like an Irish folky kind of style to it, and especially in that bridge section. Oh, what has it cost you? That whole section, kind of like a mandolin sort of sound is playing. To me, it, it just sounds like I, I hear it. I hear Irish. I could imagine this being a sting song also. I guess so. And then, of course, it goes, it's so late, but I'll wait through the long night with you, which is nice. And it started, apparently, it was about, I guess, uh, he was helping somebody getting over some emotional trauma. He doesn't even say whether it's a man or a woman. As a matter of fact, I actually thought it might have been a, a dude. Uh, the first thing I was thinking of is when you're holding somebody's hair while they're throwing up a, a girl. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the way I was looking at it. But I, I guess it's a little bit more serious. But 
he says he's helping the person grieve the loss of a loved one and and watching the person sleep and that is uh of course a little creepy but he said he got it from a picasso painting or a few picasso paintings where picasso used to paint either a girlfriend or women sleeping <laughs> which you know is kind of funny and of course this all goes back to temptation as well this is all freaking me out yeah <laughs> right another strange creepy i'm watching you sleep or i'm gonna make love to you <laughs> Just, we're in that realm again I actually I was looking up to see like what this song could really be about, because when he was saying it's about a loved one going through tough times, I was like, this can't be another Elizabeth Weber song, can it? No. But actually, I found something online, which I think is maybe the real answer here. The album itself was dedicated to Patrick Driscoll, who was his sister Judy's fiance, who died in a car crash in 1979. So I think it's about Billy comforting his sister after that happened. His his sister or sister-in-law? His sister, it's his half, his adopted sister. It was oh, like his cousin, but his mom took her in. Oh, that makes a heck of, oh, correct. Because the album is dedicated to Patrick Driscoll. Yeah. So he was some guy from Long Island that his sister was engaged to. He died in a car crash coming back from a high school basketball game, I think. And this happened in December of 79. This oh. album was released in March of 80. Yeah. So was, this might have been like the last song that they recorded for the album. Wow. That's great. So he's helping his sister get through. That's really nice. Yeah, but it's also based on a pa- actually I have like one of the paintings that could be based on it's it's Picasso before he became Picasso, the Picasso that we know, you know, before the uh, the cubism and stuff. Look at this painting. Yeah, right? Oh, that, right. That is the song. Yeah, that's the song right there. It's, uh, you know, I'll describe it. It's just a, a, a guy in blue. Maybe this was because I think this is from 1904 could have been during his blue period. I heard of that, uh, but uh, it's a guy in blue. It's a beautiful painting watching somebody sleep, uh, but not in a creepy way, possibly being sick and just watching over her. And uh, again, it was before, you know, sometimes we forget Picasso had a, a whole life before he started his the what we know about him now. And he used to draw differently. You know, he had different methods, so made him a true artist. He went through a lot of different phases like Billy. A lot of similarities there between Picasso and Billy Joel. There are. You're right, because like Picasso, when you look at the early stuff, he you could tell he has the chops. He's a really, really good painter. So then when you see him do his weird cubist stuff, you're like, all right, this is weird. But I know he was able to do great stuff in a classical sense. He has that talent. He's not just some like five year old drawing shapes. And it's the same thing for Billy Joel. We know classically he's trained and amazing. And so he can do some songs later in his career that Maybe as a classical musician, you wouldn't say like this is uh, brilliant work. But the fact that we know he has that training means that he could divert from that and do these other little things that he likes to do. And, you know, what's really fascinating about Picasso is that he only died in the 70s. You know, it's like one of those artists that when you hear as a kid, you're like, oh, that's fa-. You know, he was so well known for his entire life. You know, you don't hear that a lot about painters, you know, besides Banksy or whatever, that they're rock stars in their own time. And he lasted until the 70s. In fact, I think the particular painting Billy might have taken this from was drawn in 1964. It's amazing. That guy lived like a very long, fruitful life. Yeah, And did the exact opposite of Billy Joel, just kept painting pretty much till the day he died. Goddamn Billy Joel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Be more like Picasso, Billy. Yeah. 
Do you remember when Picasso went into police sketch artist artistry for a period of time and that just didn't work out because uh, <laughs> people were he like, just love to work. I don't know. This doesn't look like the person I just described. Uh, her nose should be in the center of her face. Uh, <laughs> The suspect's boob is a triangle. I repeat, a triangle. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Picasso uh, periods. Yeah. <laughs> Police sketch artist Picasso. <laughs> yeah, dragnet Picasso. Remember that's well. That's the other thing that that was one of those NBC murder mystery movies that they used to have that Billy Joe got the stranger from. Uh, one of them was Pablo Picasso, police sketch artist. <laughs> and uh, tonight. Jack Klugman is Pablo Picasso. <laughs> oh, that would be a really weird turn of events. Tonight, Lee Marvin is Pablo Picasso, police sketch artist. <laughs> the chief is like, damn it, Picasso, just do it the way it's supposed to look. <laughs> Picasso, you are one hell of an artist. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I saw online he has played this at Madison Square Garden during the residency. Maybe I saw it. It might have been one night, and everybody seemed to have a, a video of it because it's so rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides Glass Houses. Wait, okay, so give it to us. Because even during the Glass Houses tour, did he even play this song? No, this is a true, true, rare hidden gem live. He's only played it three times live. Twice in 2015, once in 2016. Three times ever? Ever. Wow. Once in 2015? That's the first time? Twice in 2015. The video that's online a few times is from July 2015, but the first performance was in June 2015, and I can't find a video of that. Well, that's okay, but you're saying he's only played it three times, and those three times happen to be in 2015. Yeah. That's crazy. I understand not playing it on the Glass Houses tour. It wouldn't make any sense. But wow, I wonder what. Well, that's exactly the kind of stuff we're talking about. I wonder what shows him or what nudged him to play that one in 2015. Like, why can't he do that with a couple of more songs? Let's try one we haven't played in a while. You know, I mean, there it is. He actually did it. What we've been asking him to do. And I guess it just didn't go over too well. Well, I know from the video, it sounds like the crowd is just talking a lot. Oh, right. I know. It sounds hard. It sounds like the crowd is very uninterested. It is as if he just played something off his new album and they're doing a nice, uh, polite golf clap. Yeah. So uh, maybe he heard that and was like, all right, perhaps not. But you know what? The band does really good with it. His voice sounds good for this. It's like right in his old Billy Joel register. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Wow. I, I, this might be the first song. I mean, he's technically never played. I mean, besides these three times, it pretty much counts as never. It's pretty close to never, but we have other ones we've done that, were, that are also never. What's an example? Easy Money. He's never done that? I think we're on zero on Easy Money. And then one of those songs, either oh. Half a Mile Away or... Are you sure? Get it right the first time. One of those Easy was also money, zero. He, he never opened... An Innocent Man. Well, he didn't tour with that album, though. So. Well, that was why it was inexplicable. That's a great song to open a concert with. Right? Yeah. Won't do it. Makes it. so much sense. And again, this guy opening his concert, you know, with a brand new song off the new album. I love it. That would be a great opening song. I think that would get everybody really excited. And 
you know, and you, you could bring Rodney on stage and he could do the Caddyshack dance back in the day. <laughs> or a Rodney impersonator such as Dave Juskow. Right. And here's how the concert would open. It starts with the natural, right? And it comes out of the natural. And then I come out and say, hey, we're all going to get laid. That's how it starts. And I travel with him. Well, no, I don't need to travel. Once a month, I have a gig at the garden. And I invite people. Oh, do you guys want to see me play at the garden? You're playing at the garden. Well, I mean, it's it's not. I mean, it's kind of playing. I mean, I get paid for it, but it's only at the beginning. It's 12 seconds of work, but you invite a girl to come see you and they're like, hey, we're all going to get late. That's it. That's yeah. Well, we can go now unless you No, I want to see the rest of the concert. <laughs> well, I, I don't really have any tickets to see it. I'm, they told me I have to kind of go right after. I finish. Yeah, they escort me out. They don't let me stay. <laughs> I keep shouting December song. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when we go in March 2023, maybe maybe he'll bring this one back out again. All right. Maybe we'll, maybe we, you know, maybe he listens to the show. Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? I got a classic stumper for you. It's a little complicated, but when you get it, it'll be hilarious. Okay. Deal or no deal. <laughs> Looks like Billy Joel picked up a few other things from this Picasso character along the way right after this album. You see, Picasso appears in a 1960 film by Gene Cocteau called Testament of Orpheus, not Morpheus, uh, which turns out is known predominantly for something we now know from this podcast that Billy Joel has done in the videos. She's right on time. Tell her about it. And the longest time to name a few. What is this film known for that Billy Joel either ripped off or it just ended up doing also on his own? This film is known for double takes. Yes. You <laughs> got know it that? Right. <laughs> How could you possibly know that? It's it's you look up the film and it says this film is known for the double take because they have this guy gene cocteau who's this you know famous kind of poet director guy and he's in the film runs into himself in the film you know he's one of those guys uh like uh who's that guy woody allen likes uh what, what am i thinking the uh peter sellers no the swedish uh director Ing ingmar bergman bergman right one of those guys right he runs into himself and he does the double take, but it's not, I guess, I guess there's others that it's mentioned. It's not just that one. It's like, uh, it's the exact same format in the Saturday night fever sequel, staying alive. When Travolta runs into Sylvester Stallone, who's directing the movie on the street and they do the, <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, well, could... a cool jacket, dude. You too. Yeah. Man. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> the exact same thing. Alon. <laughs> wow you know i've heard of this cocteau guy I, I i heard how he got his name apparently his penis reaches down to his feet <laughs> hey <-o! laughs> well i was th i always think of john cocktosin which i believe is from the movie fletch well that sounds like a disease well he makes it up because he can't think of anything else john <laughs> cocktosin and then uh this girl his love interest in that movie uh calls him that for the first like you know, half hour of the movie. 
Fletch is funny. Yeah, it's the best. There's a new one called Confess Fletch, which is actually pretty good. Did that come out? I remember hearing yeah. that it was being made. It's great. Who plays Fletch? John Hamm. Oh, really? I like him. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's great. It's on every day on cable. It's terrific. I really like it. I've seen it twice now. I haven't seen you since the wedding. You look great. I do? That's very sweet of you. You know, I have to confess something to you. I must have been pretty plowed at your wedding. I don't have any idea who oh. you are. <laughs> Not my wedding, your wedding. Oh, my wedding. Yes. <gasps> Thank God. Yeah, it doesn't really help me. Are you a friend of Alan's? Why, yes, we used to fly together. I'm John. Oh, John. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kevin. Uh, now, John who? John Cocteau. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. Well, it's Scotch Romanian. It's an odd combination. Yeah, well, so are my parents. Uh, do you have a trivia question for me, Alan? Yes, I do. Mine is also Pablo Picasso related. I figured it would be. Now, my first version of this was also Picasso related, but it was super dark and depressing. So I changed it to the current question. Okay. Pablo Picasso died during a dinner party in 1973. What musician wrote a song about this moment based on a dare by Dustin Hoffman? Well, it's not Ricky Nelson, right? I mean, that was a, I went to a garden party. He's talking about Madison Square Garden, where I guess he got booed off stage or nobody showed up. It's a oh. classic. Okay, I, I never heard, heard of that song. That. It's not that. You never heard of that song? No. On a dare. Is it a musician? Yes. So a musician wrote a song. He was having dinner with Dustin Hoffman and Dustin Hoffman basically said, could you write a song about anything? And he looked at the newspaper and saw, oh, Picasso died. And these were his last words. Is it Paul Simon? No, but you're getting close. It's Art Garfunkel. Now you're getting less close. (laughs) I'm getting close. Dustin Hoffman. Who's that guy that does uh, Fire and Ice? Maybe I got that name. Uh, Fire and Rain? Yeah. It's not him. Oh, James Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's James Taylor. I'll just give myself the good bell, the correct answer bell. <laughs> no, so you were close with Paul Simon because you had half of the name. Oh, um, Paul Williams? No. <laughs> oh, because that guy writes the most depressing songs there are, so it made a lot of sense. Rainbow Connection. Exactly. Paul, Anka, Paul. Who's the other Paul that's depressing? We've talked about a Paul this episode. Oh, Paul Rudd. <laughs> He's a fine musician. It's not Paul know. Lauren. Oh, is it Paul Lauren? No, it's not Paul Lauren. I could see him being at dinner with Picasso and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, that could have happened. He's pretty cool. I would invite him over if I was having a party like that. And if he had a time machine. Oh, right. Well, I was around then, so. Well, yeah, but Paul, Paul Lauren, he's younger right. than me. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I really want to guess, but I don't know. Can you give me more hints? Yes. This person wrote the songs that this song through the long night is. Oh, my God. By. Paul McCartney. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. What? If, so what's the song? So the song is called Picasso's Last Words. It's oh. the second to last song on the band on the run album. Grand old painter died last night. He's painting Bad us well and said good night to us all. 
Oh, a solo. Okay, right. 73, right. And so the story is Paul McCartney was on vacation in Jamaica when he snuck onto the set of the film Papillon or Papillon. Yeah, Papillon, yeah. Where he met Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen. After dinner with Hoffman, with McCartney playing around on guitar, Hoffman did not believe that McCartney could write a song about anything. So Hoffman pulled out a magazine where they saw the story of the death of Pablo Picasso and his famous last words, drink to me, drink to my health, you know I can't drink anymore. McCartney created a demo of the song and lyrics on the spot, prompting Hoffman to exclaim to his wife, look, he's doing it. He's doing it. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty. Is is that song any good? No, that song sucks. Oh, (laughs) I love that album, but that song is always like, oh, it's long and it's. Not very good, but, you know, I guess it's impressive when Dustin Hoffman, you know, dares you to make a song and you can do it. Yeah, but if you um, make the song, you don't have to put it on the album. (laughs) It doesn't count unless it's on wax. Just give it to Dustin Hoffman and be like, what do you think? Right. So he's like, are you going to put it on an album? No. What am I? This is a Dustin Hoffman exclusive. (laughs) Never let anyone know you have this song. Yeah, exactly. That's a good good trivia question. That's fun. I'm sorry, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get Paul. He said Paul, Paul McCartney, who never went through my head. Yeah, it was like too obvious. It doesn't even cross your mind. I guess. Well, a lot. It's time. <laughs> this ought this ought to be interesting. Uh, do you have as as weird Alon ready with a parody through the long night? I got to say. When we started this podcast and you said, I'm going to do a parody for every song, you probably weren't thinking of, I can't wait till we get to through the long night. Yeah. I was like, oh, episode 167 or whatever this is. That's (laughs) that's what I'm waiting for. So my parody is called through the long show. Fortunately, I'll keep my feathers numbered for for just such an emergency. And you'll you'll understand uh, this is a very familiar song once you hear the lyrics. Okie dokie. At the Billy Joel show, I drank three Bud Lights. I need a pee break because I can't hold it in, it in. My bladder's busting. And we're only through nine songs. I just can't make it through the long show, Billy, Billy. Oh, why did I do this? I'm going to miss my favorite hidden gem. Oh, next time I won't drink when Billy comes round again. I get back to my seat in time for Nessendorma. <laughs> I should have waited till this song to pee. To pee, do, 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 Hey, now. You know, at first I was going to be like, well, this will be fun because it's about us going to the concert. But I feel like if you're talking about pee, then River of Dreams should have been mentioned. 
somehow? Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to, to give you the, the behind the behind the music story. I just couldn't really fit it in. Well, oh, see that that should be on the demo of uh, my lives. The Billy Joel A to Z My Lives collection. Yeah, the original demo where he tried to rhyme with River of Dreams. With... The, original, the original demo of Through the Long Night by Weird Alon yeah. does appear on the My Lives A to Z collection. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, when you're singing that song, I'm like, wait, that's how it goes. It's one of those songs where I'm just still not familiar with the melody at all. And then when you get to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like this song. Yeah, it's like the whole song is getting to those fun bridge sections and then it gets back to the. Yeah, but uh, boy, it certainly sounds like a Beatles song that I am not guessing. In fact, if you're out there, folks, and you know, if you Instagram us and tell us, because I'm not buying that. Yes, it is. I know I'm missing the most obvious Beatles song. And if anybody knows what it sounds like, that's going to where I'm going to be like, oh, my God. Yes, it is. (laughs) Nice. Well, folks, that was Through the Long Night. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Have you ever seen the Pablo Picasso double take movie? (laughs) I'm guessing that's a no. Do you hear the similarity to the score of The Untouchables? Of course, everyone does. Of course. What Beatles song does this remind you of? Please, we're going crazy here. Please tell me. And finally, can you make it through a whole Billy Joel concert without peeing? No one can. Not 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 his crowd. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. No.